You gave your girlfriend zombie takeout? The podcast is harmless, Doctor, but its unique brand of humor makes it easy to identify. You gave your girlfriend a shitty podcast? That was not my intention. Welcome to episode 515 of Zombie, Zombie Takeout. Takeout. Maybe you should have done Quadrophania this week. <laughs> and before we get to this week's movie, we have a voicemail from Bodo. Since I can't call you guys anymore, I decided to do it this way. I tried to listen to your music that you're playing and the redirect is not working. I tried it several different ways. I tried to find it on Spotify, so if you can send me a direct link somehow, I would appreciate it. And by the way, when I was talking about Scott O and his um, top five list, it's like he kept changing his mind. Oh, I forgot about this movie. I forgot about that movie. That's what I was talking about. You had one job, damn it. And you screwed it up. You know I love you guys. Peace. Ah, uh, it was like what, eight months later? <laughs> yeah, we had like a several month break. <laughs> or six yeah. months. It was something. It was pretty, uh, yeah. it was pretty nutty last and, year. And he was referring to my music. I connected with him on Twitter, sent him a link. Hopefully that link works. Um, oh, and I also told him about the you know, the new number. It's on the website and gave it to him. Um, although, Bodo, if you want to stick with how you sent us this recording, I wouldn't mind. It sounds a hundred times better than the you know, phone call uh, voicemails. So however you want to do it. And of course that brings us to this week's movie, which is from 2016, Star Trek Beyond. Finally finishing <laughs> the Star Trek movies for now. When we set out to do this, I we had no idea this was going to come nine yeah. years yeah. into the future. We were going to do this one you know, last year, but then the strike happened. Ah, even that. I think yeah. I think this just took longer than we thought in mm-hmm. general. I think we were thinking it was going to go like a few years before yeah. that even. Mm-hmm. And of course, that brings us to the impromptu plot summary, sponsored by Rock and Roll. It will never be classical music, no matter how much time passes. <laughs> but it's centuries into the future, man. Uh, <laughs> it's nitpicky, but that line has always bugged me. <laughs> also brought to you by radioactive tracking devices get one for your significant other today all right so we have our uh <laughs> i love that he you know kirk uses the word it's getting episodic <laughs> <laughs> so so uh meta <laughs> this one i think more than any of the others felt like an episode but in a good way yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there are a lot of tug and cheek things like mm-hmm. that though. Um and uh the the you know, the Beastie Boys call back and yeah. stuff. No. Um so he's kinda getting bored with things and he's thinking of hanging it up, which is very strange thinking about how Jim Kirk was in our timeline mm-hmm. and how it was kind of even a little weird how old he got and how uh you know he was, you know, still wanting to just be a captain and not advance in, right. in 
life and rank. It was and... surprising that he applied to be a vice admiral this quickly. Right. Like, you know, comparing the ages mm-hmm. of the two, he's, uh, you know, how much younger than Kirk was right. in the uh, the motion picture. Although, you never know because, they, you know, Wilford Brimley was, you know, mm-hmm. younger than Paul Rudd is now in Cocoon. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that that was a meme that that's been circulating. Huh. <laughs> that uh, you know, people don't age the same way they used to. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's um, you know, Tom Brady and versus Len Dawson. <laughs> you know, forty mm-hmm. was much older back in the day. <laughs> uh, somehow I missed out on that and uh, aged just like I am from like the seventies yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> When I have my head shaved and don't have a beard, I can pass for like 20 years younger. You know, I could dye the hair and stuff. So many people do. But, Mm -hmm. you know, no, no, I am Gandalf the White. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ah, All right. So he's about to hang it up. uh, Just kind of bored with the mission. They they go off into a a space station. Uh, They're going to have some much needed shore leave there. But. In the tradition of Star Trek, you can never go on shore leave, guys. Uh, this dates back to the original series, of course. Any shore leave episode, it, it all yep. goes to shit pretty quickly. Uh, this is, of course, a distress call from uh, somebody who is uh, obviously lying from the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, sorry to ruin that if you need to guess that yourself, if you haven't seen this, so that's a spoiler, but uh, I thought it was pretty obvious Mm -hmm. that the distress was a trap (laughs) so their course you know go out to there um some pretty cool looking effects on the uh on the swarm of ships yeah um i think it would be even more devastating if you were put it into uh actual practice Mm -hmm. they pretty much just you know ram through things and stick on things and just you know cause utter destruction they pretty much destroy the enterprise in a matter of minutes it's kind of a twist on what they did in 09 it was a mining ship in 09 and these were oh right right and uh so they they evacuate they they have many more escape pods than i thought they did on the ship Mm -hmm. uh they they all you know get scattered onto this planet and uh the 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 attackers seem to have a pretty hard time of tracking down a lot of the main players. Mm-hmm. They they catch most people with ease. I, I think the thing is, a couple of people grab some of their own ships and get off that way. And those were not as easy to track as the people in uh, escape pods. And so the ones that are able to commandeer a ship are able to kind of roam around this planet and, uh, of course, find each other with no problem, which, you know, I guess you just got to accept in sci-fi movies that when you land on a planet, it's easy to find people, even though they're scattered across within a matter of days, not even hours. But uh, they find an inhabitant of the planet who is not a prisoner in the detention camp of uh, these people who uh, did this. Mm-hmm. She actually escaped and has been living her life out in this uh, wilderness uh, in a abandoned uh, Starfleet uh, Starfleet 
yeah, Starfleet ship. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I mixed up my Star Wars and Star Trek. No, <laughs> Starfleet, <laughs> an abandoned Starfleet ship that she uh, was able to cover with uh, some cloaking device of her own making, <laughs> and uh, thankfully, the cast does find each other sooner. I, I complained about it, but how horrible this movie would have been if they were all scattered throughout and, and looking for each other. Yeah, the thing I said when my mic was accidentally muted is they didn't want to throw into Lord, Lord of the Rings. Or That's just true. walking. It would have been Lord of the Rings and just walking. Uh, if you asked me, there were too many, you know, split ups mm. at one point. They mm. were just like, wait, they're here, they're here, they're here. <laughs> so thankfully they ended that uh, soon enough uh, to where they, of course, do the old prison break thing. Uh, very Steve McQueen style yeah. motorcycle included, of course. Mm-hmm. It's like Chekhov's motorcycle that gets introduced yeah. when they first come in, like, oh, you've got this thing. Very nice. I'm like, you know, that's totally coming back. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, everybody manages to get off the planet and get away, and they, they have to chase them to get to the star base, uh, which, of course, is the real target of this. And uh, to use the distress call to get other ships to come in to just, you know, ultimately take down the Federation, uh, one rescue team at a time, I suppose. And it uh, leads to a big showdown there. And we can say hilarity ensues. I love that it started with Kirk getting into a scrap. (laughs) Yeah, of course. On a diplomatic mission. Yes. Um, and that the Tinaxi, the aliens he's trying to, you know, make a deal with, turned out to be tiny. You first right. see them at a considerable distance from Kirk and they look huge. They all jump him and they're basically the size of house cats. Right. Except there's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> they don't explain what happens to the ones that got beamed on board with them. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming they get thrown into the brig. Uh, maybe they bring the Cerritos uh, crew over to yeah. have a second, second contact, contact with right. them to try um, to smooth things over. The captain's log made it feel nicely like an episode because you know, oh, every yeah. episode starts with the captain's log. The Yorktown exterior looked amazing. I think the CG in this generally across the board looked amazing. Yes. Some some of the best CG in the series, um, and yeah, the Starbase is just how you would expect a Starbase to really be, and not just yeah. the Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, right. By the way, this was directed by Justin Lin, who did several of the uh, Fast and Furious movies. So of course, the action scenes and the fight scenes are also <laughs> amazing. Um, with the Yorktown, loved the rota- rotating camera on the way in, as they're coming into it. I, I love the different gravity planes too mm-hmm. on the base, depending on where you are. Yeah. You could be going to the side, you could be going up, you could be just, you know, at level. Also led to some really creative fight choreography later in the film. Oh, of course. You know, I should have seen that coming too. Yeah. Like that they were introducing this like, oh, this is a an interesting place, you yeah. know. Shame if you had a big fight here. This is also the film where they established that Sulu is gay, which had some interesting uh, fallout because George Takei actually complained about it. Well, yeah, he played him as a straight guy back yeah. in the day. Um, Even though 
he and Roddenberry discussed the possibility of making him gay on TOS. They both wanted to do it, but yeah. they knew they couldn't get away with it at the time. I don't know how much Roddenberry was in favor of it. Um, I As to case it tells it, he, was, he really wanted to do it. So then why not do it now? <laughs> but that is not how he played him in there because, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he hits right. on, uh, well, in the right. mirror universe, mm-hmm. he hits on Uhura. Right. Also love that they showed the universal translator figuring out a language. You know, this is fairly early days for that. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Babelfish. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we get Kirk and Spock talking in the uh, lift about how they need to talk after the mission. You <laughs> knew the mission was going to go completely sideways. <laughs> well, you know, they they kind of set it up that maybe one of them could have gotten killed in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's the whole hot shots, dead meat thing, um, which we should probably review one of these days. <laughs> should point out, I've seen this movie several times. This was your first time seeing it? Uh, yes, I saw this with Mrs. Scotto first time ever last night, and we're like, why the fuck didn't we see this? <laughs> were we that busy in 2016 that we uh, we couldn't make it to the movie theater for, like, a show? It was on Pluto for, I mean, I saw it, uh, of course, when it for, you know first became available, but it was on Pluto for years, so i had plenty of opportunities to see either all of it or bits and pieces several times i know it quite well Um, i think we were turned off by into darkness yeah of course like it was i mean it wasn't that it was bad it was just that it was kind of a letdown it was Mm. kind of boring and we're just like oh i don't know if they really know what they're doing with this stuff well especially when you have nemesis and then two films later into darkness you start to wonder maybe oh nine was a fluke (laughs) and there is a lot of recycled stuff in this it feels like because i i'm back and forth whether i like the makeup Mm -hmm. of the bad idris elba's Mm -hmm. makeup um is it you know something recycled is it like classic lizard man you know makeup i don't necessarily recognize it as um being from TOS, but it does look fairly standard. I have a a, a, a theory, though, and uh, I'm going to send you an image. Okay. <laughs> that We're doing I think, yes, All that right. I think they used the in, to inspire this. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it is the classic end of the the scary monster at the end of the tos series during the credits right where they they have it was kind of an inside joke of the, uh, the production company of they put herbert you know f solo's name like mm. over it okay because <laughs> they were saying that this is the guy you look like yeah. <laughs> they um, were calling the guy ugly wasn't that no it wasn't the the who the civilization that pike ended up with i can't think of their name offhand the telosians um, telosians yeah. No, he looks similar, but not exactly. Um, uh, Crawl's people looked, I think, a bit more reptilian. Yes. You mentioned lizards. Um, yeah. Speaking of, love the attack ships and how you know it's a ship made up of smaller ships. That's like this gnat uh, <laughs> swarm. Yeah. Space gnats. And you just see the Enterprise get eaten alive. 
how is it still functioning without the nacelles? Good question. I uh, I always thought that was like the power source, you yeah. know. Well, and, I think uh, the nacelles are just for warp. Oh, okay, all right. And it was like impulse engines or yeah, whatever. I think that's what comes. What they're connected to is the impulse, which goes just at the back of the ship. Um, but the the fact that they would you know plunge into them, mm-hmm. how? I mean, the hole being punctured, the the vacuum of space would start taking air out immediately and mm-hmm. people would be sucked into these like holes in the ship. Yeah. But instead, I, I don't think they understood how gravity worked. <laughs> it's kind of like what they did in episode, I don't know if, I don't remember if it was two or three with the, with the robots that attack the fighter ships. Oh, what the, um, which Star episode two? two or three. Oh. oh, remember those? It's kind of similar. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, the Kelvinverse has to destroy the Enterprise, too, but they just really did it spectacularly. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, that the destruction was cool. The saucer section crash here, I, I don't think it was as good as the Generation saucer crash sequence. Yeah. That was fucking yeah. legendary. <laughs> but before that, love the fight scene with the floor rotating. Oh, yeah. Some great choreography. Also, love how subtly Ensign Sill is introduced. He, he just, uh, Kirk just pulls her aside, says, I need you. And then you don't see her again, have no idea what, what it's about until like later in the film when it's revealed that she was hiding the thing that Crawl, the bad guy, was after. They should have at least had a red shirt on her, though, I think. Mm. Just to keep the tradition alive. Yeah. Loved seeing Ahura finally get a fight scene and take out a couple of the intruders. <laughs> well, now all I can think of is that T-Mobile commercial that she does about her being all like vicious into the mirror kind mm-hmm. of thing. Also, I did like how long Kirk and Chekhov stayed with the saucer, saucer section. Like they were the last two out along with the woman who set them up. Yeah. Captain goes down with the ship. It kind of feels like the Trek movie they wish they could have made with the TOS cast. Yeah, and I liked, I liked that he got to look at the picture of the original cast, too. Yeah. yeah. That was a really nice uh, tribute. They, yeah. A lot of the critics of this, or you know, the fans that are critics of this, always claim that they don't get the original series. But there was so much of the original series in this, yeah. um, you know? Particularly, I was gonna. I have to save for later. But when Jayla's fighting one of Crawl's men, you hear a little reference to the classic fight music. You did. I missed that. Just a few notes of it, but it's oh, clearly in there. That's great. Um, speaking of Jayla, I really liked the way they introduced her. She was originally supposed to be played by Jennifer Lawrence, hence the name. <laughs> um, I can't imagine Jennifer Lawrence in that role. I mean. She's marveled, right? You know? Yeah. Hasn't she? No. I just assumed everybody's marveled. Yeah, she no. played Mystique in the uh, <laughs> okay. more recent ones. That's right. Okay. The, I can't think of the actress's name, but she knocked it out of the park. I really can't see J-Lo in that role. Um, I like that the fact that they kept the name J-Lo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they changed the pronunciation slightly. Sophia Butella. She's okay. a, I mean, a few things. But, you know, Kingsman. Model, from what I understand. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. There's also a really nice tribute to Leonard Nimoy and Spock. Um, because early in the film, uh, 
Calvin vs. Spock is informed that Prime Spock passed away. Yeah. So they have a nice little toast to him later. Jayla has great taste in music. Fight the power. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that they were going to Mars attacks with Public Enemy, but yeah, mm-hmm. Beastie Boys is a pretty good choice, it's, too. Well, it's a callback to 09. Yeah, right. yeah. But they have. I was kind of thinking it was Jayla and, and Kirk were going to, you know, hook up. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> although. With regard to the music, uh, Scotty says, music is too old-fashioned for my tastes. Is he saying they don't have music in the 23rd century? Oh, I don't know. I think he's He may have meant the song in question, but he just said music. Yeah, the genre of music I think he was referring to. Pairing Spock and McCoy for so long was a great idea. Yes, this this was definitely lacking in the first two of these, you know. Mm-hmm. In fact, my complaint, if I remember right, about either the first or second was that McCoy was kind of reduced too much. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'm so glad they used him more in this, especially because mm-hmm. Urban does a perfect McCoy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> at one point after he's transported, when most of the crew is reunited, or at least the names, uh, he says... I feel like my innards have been to a barn dance. I can imagine that feeling all too well. Ah, <laughs> uh, so many, so many great lines, though. I mean, yeah. just the, you know, that's just difficult. <laughs> and I love that it was Scotty instead of Kirk who gave Jayla the inspirational speech. <laughs> because he found her first, or she found him. Yeah, they bonded a bit, and the whole thing of uh, when Kirk comes back and they're like, you know, so let's get this thing flying, and Scotty's mm-hmm. like, I didn't think. Yeah, <laughs> I, love I that they it. made a point of saying that a spaceship can't take off in Atmo. <laughs> like they call them starships for a reason, <laughs> but the you know, I didn't want to disappoint you. Yeah. It's very Douglas Adams. Yeah, yeah. But before that, the way Kirk rescued Jayla, really nicely choreographed. The whole, yeah, the whole motorcycle sequence, yeah. just a tribute to, Right. I, I think it was a great escape where he's doing the motorcycle mm-hmm. stunts and Steve McQueen, and just to put that in the middle of Star Trek, uh, I mean, that is so much better than a, what was it, uh, the monster truck or whatever mm-hmm. they had in. Yeah. <laughs> It's a ridiculous thing they did there. I was thinking Captain America, but you're right. It, it's absolutely great escape. Um, dropping from a cliff with the starship was predictable, but very nicely executed. Uh, it made sense, though. He yeah. needed to build up momentum. Mm-hmm. So he was using the gravity to kind of slingshot, you know, yeah. and get started. And then, of course, they find out that... Um, Crawl is attacking the uh, Yorktown, this space station we were at earlier. When they on the Yorktown, when they see the ships attacking, Greg Grunberg plays the second in command, and I love the way he he says "Oh fuck" without saying it. He just says it with a look <laughs> when he sees the ships. And uh, I think the the thing that really put this over for me more than anything else. Hmm. They referenced the, the, was it the Mako? The Mako? Oh, yeah. The Mako from Enterprise. Love that. Yes. You know, and 
I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they start just bringing those up and, and fighting the Zindi and the, mm-hmm. the Romulan war. I was just like, oh my God, they, they really yeah. tied this all together. Especially since Enterprise is one of the black sheep of the family. Yes. So it was nice that they gave it some love. That you would only use that to 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 speak to the fans. Yeah. There's yeah. nobody else you're talking to other than, than the fans. Right. Also loved the bridge crew all collaborating on the climactic plan. Like everybody threw in their two cents. Yeah. They kind of did that a lot of the original series ones. It's yeah. like, well, we got to split this dialogue up between. Well, that's why I liked it. It was a nice reference to the old show. Um, yeah. Loved the Franklin surfacing. Whenever you can put one of the Star Trek ships underwater, I'm I'm in. Yeah. Because it kind of does look like a sea creature. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the head. The reveal that Crawl was the captain of the Franklin was nicely done. I called it stunt casting because it's Edris Elba. Although, honestly, I don't know if he was that big over here yet. Yeah, I'm not sure. And, uh... I'm not sure why he'd become a lizard person. Well, uh, the, there was alien tech on the planet that allowed them to prolong their lives, but it also turned them into lizard people. Yeah. Maybe it was a, a message about uh, <laughs> the lizard people here. <laughs> like that they ultimately made him sympathetic, but not right. Yeah. He's spent his entire life fighting wars and he just couldn't accept peace. He had this idea of the uh, survival of the fittest, you know. And they were abandoned on this planet. You know, nobody came for them because right. nobody you know could get their signal through a nebula. Which I, I would it would have been funny if Kirk was like, "We couldn't get your signal through a nebula, dumbass. <laughs> How were we supposed to find you and yeah. come to get you? You think we would have just ignored you out here?" Right. But then have like this long lasting life, which kind of I, kind of reminded me of um, Insurrection that the, uh, you know, yeah, F. Murray Abraham, you know, having the and, and of course using other people to right. derive this eternal life. But to just be marooned and to have the, this eternal life wasted on this is just a, a real tragedy if you think about it. Mm-hmm. It's almost worse than perishing yeah. just, uh, you know, in your normal life. And that ending bar scene and the cast sharing the old opening speech really f- not only feels like it sets up another movie, but almost another series. Yeah. And it's setting it apart from the original series where the original series is, you know, they just made it about the three with right. mostly Kirk yeah. in, in the prominent you know, front and everybody else is just a background piece. Mm-hmm. But they they split it up for everybody else. Speaking of which, on to sequels and remakes. The fourth movie is in absolute development hell. There's a lot of detail. <laughs> Look at the uh, Wikipedia entry for Star Trek Beyond if you want the details. But yeah, I don't see it happening. Although I really want it to, especially with Jayla. I, and I don't know. I mean, Simon Pegg... Uh, wrote this one right and uh okay yeah Hmm. and uh and i think he's got a script for another one but Mm -hmm. you know then the pandemic happened and and uh, they they were gonna bring chris hemsworth as 
George Kirk back. Uh, but him and Pine wanted too much money. <laughs> and then there were Chris's. all kinds of other issues. Um, Quentin Tarantino had a script or an idea anyway. Yeah, I don't think it was for this, though. I don't think it no, was it, for... No, it was for another Trek movie, and they were going to yeah. use this cast. Really? Uh, and, of course, Chekhov and, you know, Anton Yelchin yeah, passing. Yeah, Anton Yelchin passed. So, yeah, everybody kind of wondered, uh, this might be it. I think they're still trying, but I, I don't have any hope. I don't know if uh, the... Um... Giorgio uh, movie is going to be the section uh, 30. Oh yeah. If that's going to be the next, is that's going to be an actual official release? Yeah, that's, that's just going to be a Paramount plus thing. Oh, Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think everything's going to be a Paramount plus thing at this point. I don't know if they're really going to do conventional TV or theater. That's uh, you know, it was kind of a, a weird thing. Like I was like, is this on Paramount plus, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was thinking that maybe they, uh, because some of the things got moved over to Netflix. That's what I forgot to mention earlier. I said it was on Pluto for a couple of years. It mm. was taken off to be put on Paramount Plus because I think they have everything there now. Um, wow. Except for Prodigy, which was taken off because they gave up on it. Now it's on Netflix. And I, I think, think Netflix were, bought it. I think there were some other things got that got taken off too oh, okay. and moved over to other platforms, mm. which of course pissed a lot of people off because yeah. the point of... The whole point Getting of Paramount, Paramount Plus is Trek. Is having Trek, yeah, all the Trek in one place. Anyway, on the brains? On the brains. I'm going five. I have that one little nitpick about the classical line, but beyond that, it's tied with 09 as my favorite Trek movie. Um, I'm going to go just a little lower. Um, I think the scene with the, where they're all split up is a bit <laughs> of a, a clusterfuck, and there's just a lot of stuff that's like, Really? But, I mean, there are some great action scenes, too, so I'm going four and a half. All right. And what have we learned? Uh, we learned that you, if you're going to give a gift to another species, you, you really should know something about what it is. <laughs> yeah. And I learned that one way or the other, the Enterprise must be destroyed. <laughs> and that's it for star trek beyond until two weeks from now because we're taking next week off for my birthday which is on sunday happy when birthday we'll be, thank you when we'll be reviewing kong skull island starting a trilogy of the remaining monsterverse movies that we haven't reviewed yet we reviewed uh the 2014 godzilla back in 2016 as part of our godzillogy we both really liked that one and I've seen all the MonsterVerse movies. They're really good. And I'm not even that much of a Kong fan or, or a Godzilla fan, but I enjoyed them, so I'm sure you will. I mean, it's as long as there's somebody in a rubber suit, I think I'm happy. Well, they don't do rubber they, suits anymore. but When they CGI them too much, uh, it loses the charm. They look good, though. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Anyway, until then, of course, always remember to never forget, wherever you go in life, there, there you, you are. are.